received a call from an inmate at the Department of Corrections. This call will be recorded and monitored. If you wish to block any future calls of this nature, dial 7 now. To accept this call, press 5 now. To decline this call, hang up. Well, hello there, Mr. Handsome. How are you doing? Morning. Oh, so, so was he a friend of your uncle? Oh, wow. You know, that has, I don't know what's going on with the young people. It's, I know we're trying to get some good mentorship programs started and trying to work with families and supportive relationships to help give these guys more of a positive influence so that they don't feel the need to go out and create such violence. But it's a, it's a tough, tough battle. So your, your uncle knew this, uh, this young man. Oh, wow. Wow. So now his kids don't have a positive influence. Uh, I, I don't know. This is, this is crazy. I, well, uh, okay. I, I do know that people have been attacking law enforcement for years. You know, and so uh, it doesn't surprise me that police officers are called out and just ambushed or that they're sitting in a car, or, you know, just going about their normal routine and just people just decide they want them dead. That That's just a fact of life these days. It's not going to go away. And uh, we just need to tackle the motivation. What's motivating people? to attack it i think part of it is social media and, and uh, news media it's just that people are, are giving law enforcement a bad name now there and it's not like they're doing anything different you know like i said this has been going on for such a long time and to all of a sudden start seeing these activities it's it's all because it's the good you know when they it used to be that police officers would uh pull people over and give them accommodation for uh following traffic laws or they would get high praise for uh helping charities get organized and and working with communities and law enforcement still does that and on occasion you'll see that but they don't broadcast that much anymore instead it's just what makes the news is when law enforcement gets angry or frustrated you know they're humans just like everybody else and if they're called out to a domestic violence and they get attacked it's it's a matter of self-defense and that's not what we want to see. It's just that it happens. When I was in law enforcement, I didn't really get physically attacked, but there was a lot of verbal attacks. They just, the law enforcement person represents all the bad that these people have had in their life. You know, there's, there's people that won't even call the police officers because they just don't trust them. And 
okay, right. And, you know, now it, it will be tough. You know, this man was shot to death in the line of duty. And his wife and his two kids. You have 60 seconds remaining. You know, even you, you just lost an uncle. I mean, you lost that. Your uncle lost a, uh, a good friend. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Good, good. Well, as long as your uncle is going to take a part in their life, that should help. It's no guarantee, but it's better than nothing. Good, good. As many people as we can get in their lives as possible. And hopefully we won't smother them. You know, just bombard them. With you have 30 seconds remaining. So much you need to do right. This is what you need to follow. You know, let them come up with their own opinions. They'll, they'll be more likely to follow things they come up with on their own. Okay. Well, I'm glad you called. I'm sorry to hear the news about your uncle's friend, but uh, we'll work on it. We'll do what we can. Good. Yes, I will. Enjoy yourself. Have a good day. Welcome to AQS Inmate Call, and I am your host, Joel Wilborn, and that's a, a telephone call that concerns Michael Hansom's uncle, who is a retired law enforcement, and he was working with uh, the local police department giving him some advice and helping him train. And one of the students that he took under his arm responded to domestic violence and he was ambushed by a couple of uh, teenagers. The teenagers were arrested and they're all, uh, they're in, currently incarcerated. But the uncle really feels bad about the uh, officer who was... Uh, killed and uh, he attended the funeral and he was talking to his uh, nephew about uh, the anonymity toward law enforcement in the community and uh, it's almost as if this is a new thing that's come up over the years but as you all know it's it's not this people have been fighting law enforcement for years you know even songs and i know back in the, the 70s and you know the you think that things like popo and pigs and uh they're corrupt they can't be trusted and uh people will run away from them and then they'll use the excuse that you know I didn't know if you were going to beat me up or uh, if you're going to uh, kill me and uh, we recently in the news had a law enforcement official who was charged with uh, rape he used his position to take advantage of some victims and of course the judge uh, 
and jury and anybody else looks at this as abusing authority. And it is, it's sad to see that uh, a lot of law enforcement officials will do something like that. Then we got people that pretend to be law enforcement uh, officials. So what we see going on out here is more information being shared and less of the good, more of the bad. And then we have the people that are being, I guess, I don't, I really don't know what would cause a person to abuse authority or to flip to the dark side, let's say. Yet, one thing is certain, there is an issue. And the issue isn't the availability of weapons or necessarily the bad press. It's just that something is motivating people to attack law enforcement. And in order to fix this, we're going to have to find out what it is that's causing people to act the way they do. And I'm not going to accept the fact that these people are law enforcement because if you do get into a bad situation, if there's an accident, a traffic accident close by you, or if you come home and it's been burglarized, or if you feel threatened by somebody in the community, law enforcement's good to call. And most of the time, they get out there and resolve the issue and take care of the the situation and take control and you know when a person gets up goes to work and comes home it's not big news it's just a normal everyday activity and law enforcement's the same way they get up they do their job it just pretty much goes unnoticed but if they get up go to work and there's a shootout or they're being accused of uh, abuse, then that's what makes the news and that's what looks like they're doing the wrong thing. It's not to say get rid of all law enforcement, which is for some strange reason what a lot of people want to do. There's no reason to defund law enforcement. They're, They're under a lot of pressure. They're required to do a lot when they get to a scene. They could save uh, an infant's life. They could give birth or they could assist in giving birth to a a child. They could uh, perform CPR or maybe pull somebody out of a, a, a burning wreckage. And we have to take this into consideration. All the stuff they're required to do. And if we can fund the police department, help them to do their job more effectively, I think everybody will benefit in the end. We're we're leading this into the wrong direction. It's just like incarcerated people. There's a lot of folks in there who feel bad about the crime that was committed and want to help prevent future crimes. 
And in order to understand why a person sells drugs, you need to talk to people who do sell the drugs, or why they buy drugs, or why they、uh, get into gangs, or smuggle, or assault people. It's best to understand what's going on, and then flat out ask them, "What could we do to help you heal from this?" And to get away from this lifestyle, and what we hear varies from person to person. And good rehabilitation centers, good correctional centers, will concentrate on the individual and have people sit and work with them. Because if you go in feeling like nobody cares. And then you walk out into that same environment, where they'll just hand you a check, hand you your belongings, and open the door, and out you go, and that's it. What happens once people walk through the door to the outside world? Are we turning our back on them still? It's bad enough to be isolated inside the prison, and then to come out and be treated like you don't belong. Or you have no rights. Once you buy an item, then it's yours to do it as you please. You wouldn't expect someone to come knocking at the door and expect more money, or expect you to continue to、uh, be in contact with them. You know, this these folks they commit this crime, they get sentenced to a certain period of time, and then they they serve that time and get out. It should be left behind, and we're having a tough time doing that. So I think that kind of activity can be changed. We can we can do things to help them once they get out. That's something new. And then while they're in prison, we need to get the prison officials to follow policy. To follow the law, follow the rules. They were made. They were created to help everybody, to help the community, to help the people that's in there. And nobody wants to be locked in a room with a bunch of people who've committed crimes and been convicted, and then be abused or not receive proper medical attention. Because what kind of Message are we sending out there? We got a person who murders three people, maybe three family members, and then gets convicted and sentenced to death. We are murderers too. We're killing these people. We could justify and say, "Well, these people killed somebody, so they deserve to die." Is that really the message that we want to be sending kids? Imagine somebody going out there and saying, "My、uh, my sister." Called the police, and the police officer、uh, raped her. So now I'm justified in going out and killing police officers. The, that kind of mentality shouldn't be taught, and it doesn't work. I think punishment should show compassion. And it should 
definitely work to clear the uh, misconceptions, the uh, need for revenge or compensation. The court system should be able to work with victims and work with the offenders and work with the community to come up with something that will be satisfying to everybody. It's not going to be a 100% solution. You know, murderer and a murderer isn't going to bring back anybody. And it isn't going to end the pain. I mean, if it did, a lot of people would be executed. But it doesn't. And people might get the same result if the you know, if the person was had a picture of the victims that were in the cell with them. You know, something that reminded them that they uh, of what they did. But a lot of the trauma that's created in prison is because the people finally kind of, we could say, wake up and discover, oops, I did a terrible thing and I'm in the right place. When I interview people, they don't complain about the conviction. It's just the, the length of it. 16-year-olds being in there for 20 years is just ridiculous. But the system's not perfect. And we can tweak it here and there. And one of the things is to use their wisdom. These folks have a lot of information they want to share. They can do a lot of good by simply being given the opportunity and being put in the right place at the right time. We can cut crime, but we're going to have to do it by working together and understanding the causes. So if you get a chance, and I'm hoping you will, go to my channel, the Joel Wilborn YouTube channel. Look for some of the OxyWord interviews. And uh, see if this can help you or family members or some of your friends. These folks are talking to you. They want you to know what it's like in prison and what we as a community can do to prevent people from going back to prison and committing crimes. That's what it's all about. So go out, have yourself a magnificent day, and make beautiful memories for tomorrow.